What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mars Pod. I am Nathan Marzian, as always, joined by Brandon Eckel. And we got some Bucks Bulls game one stuff to get to. Um, game one was on Sunday. It's now Tuesday. Game two is tomorrow. So we'll recap game one, do a little preview of game two. And we also have all NBA picks to get to. So, um, yeah, plenty to talk about. And um, let's get into it. So, Bucks Bulls. Bucks got the dub, 93-86. They are up 1-0 in the series, but definitely not the most convincing win. Definitely not the prettiest win. Um, it looked good in the first quarter. Uh, they won the first quarter 34-21, and after that, they scored 59 points total in the final three quarters. Um, so the offense died. It got ugly, turned the ball over a lot. Chris and Drew were not good. But ultimately, and I mean, the Bulls went up by, what was it, five or seven? Yeah. Late in that, late in that third quarter before Giannis came back in and um, got us the lead going into the fourth. Maybe it was tied, but we got going into the fourth. Um, and then, of course, we got the, we got the win. That's all that really matters. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? And then we'll get, to, we'll get to my thoughts. But first, what are your thoughts on game one? How are you feeling? And just overall with the, with the ugly win. Well, first off, we were kind of lucky that uh, Levine was kind of eh and DeRozan really struggled. Um, so that was a plus. But to come out of there with a win with how bad bad we played overall, Holiday started to pick it up in the fourth. I think he finished with, what, 15 or so points? Yeah, I have it up in front of me. Yeah, 15, 15. Um, but Middleton wasn't good. He had seven turnovers. Um Nothing crazy off the bench, I don't think. Like, Bobby was good, not great. Um, and Vucevic kind of killed us, but he – I just – I don't know. He was getting some BS calls down low. Like, anytime we tried to guard him in the post, they would call a like, tiki-tack fouls because they're trying to, you know, put the arm bar there, which is all you can do because he just lowers his shoulder. Um, but overall, I was just happy that we played bad and still got the win. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, ultimately, and I said this right away, this felt like the game that the if the Bulls were going to win a game, this just was like the, the one they were primed to do it with the way we played. Um, mm-hmm. 21 turnovers for the Bucks, As you said, seven from Chris. They turned over a ton, and there were just some really dumb ones. Chris and Drew both struggled, and as you said, Drew picked it up a little bit in the fourth, ended up six of 16, but combined, Chris and Drew were 10 of 29, which is not going to get it done usually. No. Giannis was in foul trouble in the fourth, had to sit for a while, and then, you know, Got taken out in the last minute and stuff. Bucks overall were 26% from three. Um, Chris was one of seven. Brooke, one of five. Drew, one of four. Pat, one of six. Grayson, 0 for two. Just nobody could really hit threes. We did get a lot of good looks, though, which I think yeah. bodes well for us going forward. I mean, of the first of the teams in their first game, in, in round one, game one, Bucks had 25 wide open threes. The next closest in the league had 19. Um, so we were, you know, we, we generated a ton of good looks, just did not hit a bunch. We only shot 32% on those threes. So again, like I said, this seemed like the game, so much went wrong for the Bucks. They played so badly that it was like, if the Bulls are going to take a game somehow or steal a game, like this was the one to do it. They just happened to play even worse than we did. DeRozan, six of 25, Levine, six of 19, Vucevic, nine of 27. As a team, they were 19% from three. Like we... Neither team deserved to win this game. Neither team played well, but ultimately, I mean, they, the Bucks did just enough to win it, uh, made just enough plays at the end to, to win this game, and I guess sucked less than the Bulls did. Um, going off, so 
as I said, you know, Drew and Chris struggled. I know we kind of have gotten used to Chris is going to be inconsistent at times. He's going to have some really good moments. He's going to have some moments where he struggles. That's kind of, you know, there's, there's a reason he's not a superstar because he's not a consistent, consistent star. Um, as far as Drew, we saw this year and last year, great in the regular season. Last year, he declined in the playoffs quite a bit offensively, shooting-wise. But do you expect, and I've talked about this in other podcasts and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to get your take on it. I think, well, we got your take on it last time where you said, do you expect the decline in the playoffs? I mean, we both said we do expect him to decline a little bit. We expect him to, when he's ramping up his intensity defensively, decline a little bit, but not quite to the level of last year. And again, like this this last night or uh, Sunday night, he declined, but it wasn't something where like he was killing you. It wasn't some major, major, like like he wasn't playing terrible. And he picked it up at the end a little bit to, to make it look a little bit better than it was. So ultimately, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm expecting him to decline. I just hope it's not this massive decline that we saw last year where like every game it feels like he's, um, you know, like, oh, he's three for 10. Like, I just, I, I just don't want to see that. And I, I know we kind of talked about this already, right? Yeah, we kind of talked about it last pod. And I mean, you and I both kind of agreed, like, especially because he had such a great season this year like even more so yeah i don't expect him to play the level he did all year because he was great all year however even though it's safe to expect a little bit of a decline you know not playing as well in the playoffs it just like the first three quarters were again like holy crap like he just he couldn't hit a shot kind of some dumb term turnovers um and it just makes you worry a little more because that was the exact game that you and I said, look, if these two guys aren't on, we're screwed against the elite teams, yeah. the Boston Celtics, the Nets, the, you know, Heat, whether you think team these teams are great or not, if you meet them later on, obviously team like the Suns, you're going to get ran off the floor if you play like that because um, they just have enough role guys that um, they don't have to depend on like those top guys as much. We know what Chris Paul is going to bring. We know what D-Book's going to bring. So it's like you need those guys to play well, but hopefully they get those games out early and um, get that out of the way before we get farther in the playoffs. Yeah, if we played, if we played a legitimately like, like again, I'm not trying to knock the Bulls too much, but like if we played a legitimately really, really good team, like we would have lost this game 100. Yeah, um, we just got lucky that the Bulls were a little, Bulls were even worse than we were. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about: Giannis getting taken out with it was like just over a minute left. Um, Bucks were at the free throw line up three and Giannis had five fouls, Bud took him out for the, and then Brooke ended up missing the free throw. So Giannis was out for the defensive possession. We got to stop, had the ball up three with like a minute left. Giannis was out for the, for the possession. We turned it over. Mm. Bulls go down and miss. Um, and then we ended up getting fouls like 15 seconds left and Giannis came back in. So he basically sat for like. 45 seconds there, almost a minute of like crucial game time. What were you, what was your take on that? Um, Cause I certainly have a take, but I want to hear yours first. I mean, I feel like he just, I'm sorry, re- repeat again. Like, cause I remember him being out, but did he take him out? Like, was it, was it free throws or were we going to be on defense? I don't remember exactly Brooke, when he took him out. Brooke was on the line. It was about a minute 15 left. I'd say. Yeah. Brooke yep. was on the line, and it was after Brooke's first free throw. So Brooke was taking his second free throw, and he got Giannis got taken out during the free throws. So then 
he was out for a defensive possession, an offense possession, yeah, another, de- another defensive possession, and then we got fouled. I will say because once, um, you know, I saw him take him out, and then I figured once they missed, we were going to call timeout. Giannis yep. come back, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I was surprised we didn't call timeout, and that's where I could understand. I'm not sure what you're going to say, but being upset, especially because you know we didn't end up getting a basket out of it, but. Um, I don't know, like, I didn't read into it too much because it just kind of felt like one of those Boonholzer things to do, like, oh, I'm trying to, like, play it safe. He's got five fouls, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I was surprised we didn't call timeout after the miss by the Bulls and we got the rebound. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is, so I I, I somewhat can wrap my head around taking him out for the defensive possession because you know – if the Bulls really want to, they can try to just go right at him and flop or whatever and get a foul yeah. or anything. So I can I can somewhat understand you're like, okay, he's he's not quite like we don't quite need him for this defensive possession. You know, he'll he's very valuable defensively, but you can live a defensive possession without him. Make sure in case this game does go to overtime or something, you still have him. Yes. But as soon as you get the ball back, you need him on offense. Like I that's when I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm sitting there watching there was, with 50 seconds left, you're up three. And your best, the best player in the world is sitting, is standing there at the scores table, like, and you have two timeouts left. I'm like, okay, get him to check in. I again, I can kind of understand the defense. Like, I don't agree with it really as a whole. As a whole, like, I would have just never taken him out, but I can at least a little bit understand the, the defensive side of it. But and I, I think Boonholzer said um, something about if the Bulls would have scored, he would have called timeout and gotten him back in. But since they didn't, he didn't. But again, I, I don't really think that changes much. Like I still would have, you have two timeouts. I would have just called it either way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that offensive possession was not good. The Bucks turned it over and then Levine chucked up a three. Like we got kind of lucky there that yeah, if we would have lost this game, like that would have been a huge story of like, why didn't he, why did he take Giannis out? Giannis was visibly pretty upset about it. Um, when he did get taken out, like you could see him kind of confused. So I definitely had an issue with it. I definitely did not agree with it. Um, but I've seen people, I've seen people defending it. I've seen people that are like, Oh, well, we honest had five fouls. I'm like, I get that, but put him in on offense. Like you have two timeouts. Why not just take it, take a timeout and put him in offensively. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Or, I mean, or go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, I was just going to say my thing too, is like, I feel like too often coaches look into that too much. Like, always got five fouls, but, and I get that to a certain extent when there's a lot of time left, but what's the sense of sitting a guy? When, yeah. Cause then he, he's basically falling out either way. If you're going right. to sit. So now you just don't have him on the court. He's not helping you anyways. So why don't you just take the risk of putting him out there? He's a smart enough player. Um, yeah. And he had just played like, cause someone, played. yeah. Cause someone was just saying they're like, if you put him in there, the bulls defenders are just going to flop like like on defense and make sure he gets fouled out. I'm like, he played for three minutes right before this and didn't foul yeah. out. Like, it's not like he had just caught, gotten his fifth foul. Like, I don't know. I, I just the didn't. They're going to know that they're going after him too. They're not just going to call a ticky tack foul. Yep. I mean, clearly they could have called the foul before that on a potential over the back and they didn't, which is, I don't know if I wanted to touch on that at all, but it's like, they're going to officiate a little differently when, they know players are going to go at him, you know, like, Oh, he's got five fouls. They're going to just try to draw a foul. Yeah. The over the back thing, I, I think it could have gone either way. hundred percent. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that it was hundred percent the right call, but I do think 
um i i can see the argument for again either side like i can see that you could see it being over the back but also when Giannis does leave his feet you're not allowed to like box him out any further yeah. or else the foul yeah. so then that's what he did like i can see that um so not a huge problem with again if they would have called it over the back i think it was dumb of Giannis to even try that when you have five fouls so i'm not gonna if he would have fouled out on that i'm not gonna blame the ref um but yeah overall again i just did not agree with with taking him out there for those final you know at least i definitely didn't agree with the offensive i can at least somewhat understand the, def the defense yeah. but um speaking of Giannis, another thing that makes me you know made me optimistic in this game is we dominated when he was on the court plus 19 with him in the game mm -hmm. and they were minus would minus 12 with him um out of the game in his 14 minutes out of the game you know they the, they took him out in the third and that's right when the bulls had like a 13-0 run to um take the lead Giannis comes back in and we have like a 10 to 2 run immediately like it was like it's literally just Giannis being on the court or off the court um yeah and so again makes me feel better that okay when Giannis was in this game the Bucks dominated and I, I understand not being able to play him a ton in the fourth because of the foul trouble he picked up his fifth right away but definitely could have played him more in the first half I thought and um you know I thought Bud got a little cute in the first half with with giving him rest and everything but at the same time it did look at the beginning like this game could get out of hand and you wouldn't need him um a ton but yeah so bucks offensive rating with Giannis on the court compared to off the court um on the court 102.9 in this game off the court 60 that's points per 100 possessions defensive rating on the court 76.8 points allowed per 100 possessions off the court 100 points allowed per 100 possessions so their net rating basically point differential per 100 possessions with him on the court they were plus 26 with him off the court they were minus 40. absolutely insane but, uh, yes yeah i mean it was it was crazy like these this was one of those games where you're like you know he needs to be on the court and when he's not it's it's it can get bad when he's on the court we're gonna be just fine so um again if that assuming that's probably gonna continue moving forward like it just if he's not in foul trouble we should be fine like we should take care of business everything should go pretty smoothly one last thing I wanted to talk about um is just briefly and it doesn't have to be a huge thing but Giannis's free throws uh he was six of 11 in this game not terrible I think he started three of eight mm -hmm. and he made three of he, I think he made his last three so um he might he, I think he was two of six at some point too so like he, he started poorly um Every year it seems, and and the the numbers back this up. Every year he does dip from the line in the playoffs. Um, hasn't been, I believe the I believe the stat is he hasn't been over seventy percent in a series since the very first series he ever played, which is that twenty fifteen Bulls series. So it's been a long time since he's you know, and seventy percent is just like decent, you know. So it's been a long time since he's even been decent in a single playoff series. And in terms of the playoffs year to year, so since twenty seventeen. Um, 2017, he dipped 77% in the regular season, 54% in the playoffs. 2018, he went from 76 to 69. 2019, he went from 73 to 64. 2020, he went from 63 to 58. 2021, 69 to 59. And then 2022, he's 72% in the regular season. If he can stay anywhere close to that, he should be fine. But again, historically, he's dipped a lot in the playoffs, um, you know, pretty much every year. So are you confident that Giannis can at least hit a decent amount of his free throws in that 65 to 70 percent range I can understand again I can understand dipping a little bit he's going to be you know more tired when he goes to the line because he's given a little bit more defensively a little bit more overall 
I can understand the dip, but I just it. I don't want this to be another where he's shooting in the fifties, you know. No, for sure. Um, and I think seventy and above, I I am always going to be happy with from him because mm-hmm. people got to remember he's a big man um, who just isn't a very good shooter in general. So if he can shoot seventy percent from the line, that's great. But I am confident he can turn it on for probably only one reason, and that's what he did in the finals. He yeah. showed us he could do it in the bigger biggest moment possible. So that's why I'm not nervous. However, and like you said, part of it's because of um, the energies, you know, he's given in the playoff, trying a little more, playing more minutes, whatever. But when he needs to be locked in, I'm confident he will be. So maybe he just needs to work on, hey, if I get to the line, I got to really focus, deep breath, whatever he does. Um, but I'm confident that he'll be consistent enough. Hopefully, you know, better than last year's dip in the playoffs, even though the first game he struggled. Yeah, again, at least just give me 65-ish percent. Like, Mm -hmm. you can dip a little bit, but don't be – and my thing, too, is limit the number of, like, bad, bad games that you're having. Because in the past, he's had some games, I think, in that Toronto series and other playoff games, and just in the past in general, even the regular season, he's had a lot of, like, games where it's like, you're three for ten, like, you're killing us right now. Like, this – and it just adds on, and then the defense picks up on it, and it's like, okay, like, let's follow him. Let's make – you know, and – this season, the regular season, he's been a lot better at limiting the number of bad games he's had. He's had, you know, he's been more consistently around that 65, 70 rather than like, you know, have a, have a stretch shooting 85 and then a stretch shooting 50. And then it's like, I, I'd rather just have him consistently at one level. Um, so hopefully, and again, he was 6 of 11, which is like 55% below what you want, but he did pick it up. You know, he, he started really badly and picked it up a little bit. So just something to keep an eye on. I, I hope he can, you know, Again, be at least sixty-five percent ish, and yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And he should be—he should be fine. Again, the, the game six stuff gives you so much more confidence, knowing that he has the mental strength to do that. Like we did question that; people question that. Like, is it just a mental thing? Is he able to actually step up in a playoff game in these huge moments and hit a bunch of free throws? Yes, he is. We saw that. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's move on to all NBA teams. Um, we have our picks for – we did our awards. We did our playoff predictions, but we still have to do our all-NBA picks. Um, I'm going to share my screen here and get this going. But um, we, each have, we each have all three all-NBA teams that we're picking. Um, all right, here we go. So – I'll let you start for first team. We'll start with like, we'll, we'll go um, just the guard position. Give me who you yeah. have as the guard position. Um, my first guard, I'll just go with who was a lock for me was Devin Booker. Been great all year. Number one team in the in the West and in obviously the league. Um, and then I have Luca, who was maybe snubbed as a starter in the All Star game. Really played well down the stretch, got the Mavs to the four seed in the West, um, and just had a really solid year and played a good amount of games. I also have those two. Um, I think, I think honestly, like for me, Luca is a little bit more of a lock than Booker. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to hate on Booker. I just like I, I could I could see Job being above Booker, honestly. Um, but I'll give it to definitely Booker just because you know, again. It, 
best player on the best team in the league. They've been best team consistently. I think someone on that team deserves to be first team. So, um, and you know, they're not getting the recognition with MVP and stuff like that. Not right. that they should, but I'm just saying they're not, they're not getting that. So I'll give them the, uh, I'll give them the, the first team nod and, and give Booker first team, but Josh certainly puts up very similar numbers. Josh right up there with him. Um, but I mean, Booker is great. We're seeing it right now. He's, he has 31 and a half as we're speaking. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Booker, Booker and Luca are definitely two, I think, likely first team guard picks. And then at the forwards, so what's interesting is, you know, everyone, well, let's just pencil in Giannis as the lock. We know I'm picking Giannis. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you're picking Giannis too. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we both have Giannis. After that, what's interesting is they're letting, I, they're letting us, you know, you, there is the option of having both. Embiid and Jokic on here rather than just one at center and then you have to pick a different forward and then one of the others has, you know, Jokic or Embiid is forced to be in the second team. They're letting voters put both Embiid and Jokic on here. And I just think that they've both been, me personally, like they've both been so dang good and they're both two of the top three players in the NBA this year that I have to put them both on here. I'm putting Embiid at center and I'm putting Jokic at forward. So I, I just think they've both been. If I had to pick just one, I'd pick Jokic and move Embiid to second team. But I, I don't think Embiid. I don't want to put Embiid second team. I, I, he deserves a first team, you know, selection here, and so that's what I'm doing. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Embiid's going to get moved to second team, but um, that's how I have it. I mean, I, I, I just think they've both been good enough that I'm, I'm putting them both on the first team. I don't know what what you want me to do here, Nate. If you want me to uh, stay with what I got or stay with who's more deserving. What do you think? Where should I go? Stay with what you got. Okay. So what I got is I have Jokic at center. Um, I do know now we're also kind of doing like our picks. Like you said, it's not as so much like what we think, even though it's a little bit, it's just more so what we um, um, think ourselves. Yeah. Um, now we, now we think it's going to happen. What we think, yeah. what, we, what our picks would be. Um, so MB definitely deserving, but like you said, there's a good chance he gets moved down because of stuff. I went with a guy that I don't really like, LeBron James, at the other forward spot. You are insane. <laughs> he still had a tremendous year for the Lakers. One problem was he sat a lot of games. Um, but, man, he was the one bright spot on a very disappointing, very bad Laker team. But I'll give him a nod. I am borderline speechless at this point. <laughs> you told me to stay with what I got, so I had to go with what I had. I okay. Well, we'll get to LeBron in a little bit. I just I do not agree with that, but we'll get to LeBron. Um, okay, second team, second team. I'm gonna start with the guard spots in the second team. Okay. Um, I have Ja. As I said, I, I have I have Ja as my second team, my first guard. I think there is a case for him to be uh, first team, but I'm not gonna put him there. Yeah, and then I have Trey Young, who also has been fantastic all season, um, twenty nine and ten per thirty six. That's ten assists, and so on. You know, pretty good efficiency for how how he's guarded. So definitely worthy of second team for me. Both those guys have been fantastic. Two of the bright young stars at guard in the league. Um, I mean, all these guys are Luca, Devin Booker. Like the league is in such good hands. But um. So we got a little differentiation here again, which I like. I got Ja, 
locked in, he would have been, you know, the next guard. I, it was kind of between him and Luca for me personally. Second guard, I got stuff. Um, I, just, I disagree. I just disagree. I just he was his points per game were a little down, but um, considering Clay was out for a while, Draymond missed a lot of time. Warriors still managed to get the three seed. Um, he was he was stuff. So I think he's deserving of at least um, a chance at second team. I think there's a chance. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it because he's Steph Curry. And I, I, I love Steph Curry. I just, I also hold him to a very high standard mm-hmm. knowing what he's able to do. And I don't think he was very close to that standard this year. Um, so I definitely would not have him second team. Like, again, I think, I think John ja Trey young have been ahead of him for a while now. Like Steph was Steph, I mean, if this if it was based on the first month of the season and we were doing this a month in, like Steph would probably be first team. But he dipped, and again, those Ja and Trey were very good all season, and I'm I'm giving them the nod over him. Um, onto the forward position, second team, I'm going with um, Jason Tatum, and I'm going with Kevin Durant. And it is weird not having KD on the first team. Like if you're going based on the top five players in the world. Um, if you're going based on the top five players in the world, then you definitely are putting Kevin Durant in the first team. But um, again, there's 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 so many, and with the way they do it with the positions, like it's just impossible. You're, you're, for me at least, I'm like I'm not putting him above. With you, I don't know how you have LeBron over KD, but whatever. I'm not. Putting, <laughs> I'm not putting. You know, for me, I'm like I have Embiid center, I have Jokic power forward, and Giannis power or Giannis uh, forward. I'm not putting him above Jokic or Giannis. Like he hasn't been better than them. So I, I'm just kind of left. I have to put him second team, which feels wrong, but I guess that's what I'm doing. And then, as I said, I have Tatum too, who's been very good and really, I mean, probably a top seven MVP candidate this season, maybe top five. I mean, he's up there. So, uh, but KD at his usual, I mean, 29, seven and six per 36. And 56% for mid range, dude. Like, yeah, that's, I, it's absurd. 56% for mid-range, but all right. He is a definition of a three-level score, and it's crazy to see a seven-footer do it. Yeah. Um, so if you want mine, I don't know if it really matters if you have Tatum above Durant, whatever. I went KD, then Tatum. Yeah, I, I just put him like it doesn't really matter. Sure, yeah, probably it's it's second team, so it's not like it's really a ranking there. But And then obviously I have Embiid at center. Um, so if I had to change, obviously I would have had LeBron um, – I don't know. I don't even want to get into it then. I probably would add him second team and beat first, but I tried to keep it with one per position. Yeah, see, I, I or go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't even, even though I know they can vote that way. Mm, I don't even have LeBron second team personally, but um, wow. we'll see if I even have him third team. Well, but, yeah, I guess I assume with center now, but yeah. So then, so then, uh, my center, Carl Anthony Towns, um, has had a very good year all season. I don't think, I mean, 41% from three as a center is one of the best shooting big men of all time. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's, I still think, you know, he's, he's got a little bit to go to become, you know, a, a superstar, superstar, but he's, he's there. He's, he's, he's consistently like right on the cusp of that. Um, and I definitely, I think he's worthy of, of a second team not here again. Like I feel bad having him third team you know like I, I if you had to you know again bump because if, if you put Jokic or Embiid 
just one of them at center. Like you have to bump one of them down and go and cat gets bumped down. I think he's deserving of second team. So I'm, I'm happy with how, how I have this. And then let's move on to third team. Uh, I'll let you start with the, with the guards on the third team. Okay. So my guards then are Trey young. And then I got Chris Paul as the other guard. A couple of these, I mean, again, a couple of these, like there's guys you can put at guard or forward. So it'll be interesting to see. Cause I have, I have someone at guard that you might have it forward. Um, okay. My first guard is Steph Curry, who, again, as I mentioned, like I, I love Steph. I think he's been below his standards pretty significantly this year. Still 27, 6, and 7 per 36. But 38% from three, which is good, but not his usual self. It's his first time in his career shooting under 40% from three. If we take out the one season, only played five games. Um, and, I mean, like I said, the first – two months-ish of the season, month and a half. He was averaging 29 a game on 42% from three, playing like an MVP candidate. Everyone, you know, he had a lot of MVP hype at the beginning of the year. But since then, basically since the December started, so this is a long time, uh, 24 points per game on 36% from three, which is very, like, meh, you know? Not a not a superstar. Yeah, again, especially for him, not a, not a superstar, superstar, in my opinion, that he's, you know, not, that's not how he's played this year, so... I'm comfortable putting him on the third team. Uh, still deserves an All NBA nod, but I don't have him in the in one of the top two teams. My other guard is Demar Derozan, who has been. I mean, he he's had his ups and downs, but his up was very good. Had himself in the MVP race for a while. Yeah. Best season of his career, absolutely. Twenty eight five and five per thirty six. Fifty percent from the field, thirty five percent from three, and. In February, like like I said, he put himself in the MVP uh, race for a little bit. In February, eight straight games with 35 or more points on yeah. 50% or better from the field, which is absurd. But, um, yeah, but like I said, best season of his career for sure. So, um, And he, he's just been a, he's been a superstar this year. So I'm, I'm, I'll put him up there. Yeah, I have him at uh, the forward spot as well, like you said. Tremendous all year. Um, led the Bulls for a while before they fell off a little bit, but that was somewhat expected with their first year of this uh, kind of main group together. Um, and then I got Jimmy Butler at the other forward. Um, I I wasn't a huge fan of putting him on here, but considering the Heat were the one seed, I felt I had to kind of give him the recognition. Um, it's a little bit how I felt with Chris Paul too, like it's Points numbers were down, but he's been super important for the for the Suns. Um, so those are the reasons for those two. My thing is Jimmy only played fifty seven games, so I that bumps him down quite a bit for me. If he had played more, then yeah, like I agree because again, you, you want someone from the Heat on there. They're the number one team in the in the conference. Um, but I went with so at my forwards, I have LeBron, who so yes, I did put LeBron James on an All NBA team. Um, not that he's going to not get it. Cause you know, someone, you know, people are probably putting him on the first team like you, but <laughs> uh, he put up the numbers and there's no denying that. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting, going to sit up here and give you a bunch of numbers as to, to why he sucked, but he, he put up really good numbers for a guy in his, you know, age 38 season absurd. But you can tell when, especially with LeBron, like, you know, when he's, putting up numbers and he's LeBron and you know when he's put up numbers and he's not LeBron and he this year was one of those years he, he put up numbers but he was not LeBron he did not have the impact the winning impact he usually does the team was a disaster and 
I mean, he just he he was not playing winning basketball. He was just putting up stats, and they were empty stats. Sometimes it was happening in garbage time. It was not like like the impact he had. Again, you can look at the numbers and look at it and be like, wow, he, he was just as good as he has been before. Anyone watching those games, anyone who saw him play, like the impact he had was not remotely the same. Um, and so I just I don't think he deserves. I definitely think he deserves first team. I, I if you just want to look at the the strict basic stats, then fine. There's a case for him to be first team or second team. But again, knowing like just knowing that his numbers aren't have not been they've not had the usual impact that they do that and he just has not had that usual winning impact that he does so um i think that bumps him down quite a bit my other forward is i don't know if this is gonna be surprising but jalen brown Um, i think that's fair kind of underrated like i feel like nobody talks about him too much i feel like a lot of people have either jimmy or like pascal siakam here but um jalen brown per 36 25 7 and 4 pretty good efficiency um and again, I mean, him and him and Tatum have really stepped up, and the Celtics the second half of the season were awesome. So um, I think he deserves a nod here. I think he's, I think he was slightly better than. Again, he played, he played enough games that I'll put him above Jimmy. And then I think he's been better than Siakam has. Um, Siakam's been good, but I, I, don't, I, I have Jalen Brown ahead of him. So um, yeah, that's my forwards for the third team. All right, men. I rounded off with Carl Anthony Towns at third team. Obviously, he would have been my center at second team if um, Embiid's in there uh, kind of as we talked. I think I know who your center is, but we'll see. It is Rudy Gobert. And, yeah, I, I do think – I mean, I think he deserves a, an All-NBA now. Dude, he's overhated in my opinion, and I don't – I'm not I, – I, I kind of hate him too. Like, I'm not a Rudy Gobert fan, but his defense is fantastic. I think, honestly, he, he – maybe should have i don't want to say should have but easily could have and maybe should have won defensive player of the year again based on his impact and based on um how he changes that team when he's in the game and 17 points and 16 rebounds per 36 dominant on the glass and again the, the defense stuff like the, the defense alone i think just puts him right up there in that all nba conversation so um i I don't have a problem having him on there. And again, he's another guy. Like I, I actually want to include him on there. Like I, I think he deserves the recognition. Um, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not a Rudy Gobert fan. I don't like him. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I just, I do respect his defense. I respect the impact he has on his team. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy with how how mine turned out. Um, I'll just read mine off again. My first team is Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Uh, your first team, Booker, Doncic, Giannis, Booker, Doncic, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic. My second team, Ja, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, KD, and Carl Towns. Your second team, Ja, Curry, KD, Tatum, and Bede. And my third team, Steph, DeMar, LeBron, Jalen Brown, and Rudy Gobert. Your third team, Trey Young, CP3, DeMar, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Towns. So that does it for our all NBA teams. And we had a little recap of the um, Bucks Bulls game one, a little game two preview. So we got game two tomorrow. Um, we're going to try to, uh, you know, as many times as we can do post game stuff, mm-hmm. um, day after the game stuff, like recapping games, previewing the next game, previewing the next series, everything um, with the playoffs. You know, there's games every few days, and, and each game is so huge that it's like we want to break them down more, dissect them. 
Um, so yeah, anything else you want to say, Brian? Um, one thing quick on Gobert, just because I I think he's definitely in the conversation. I won't be su- surprised if he gets it. I just want to hear your opinion because after watching the Jazz, you know, a lot. Well, not a lot, but uh, with them being on the West Coast, they're on a lot at night. Um, I can't tell you how many times this is one thing, and it's not his fault, but this is what sits in my mind a little bit, is he never touches the ball in the fourth quarter. Donovan Mitchell goes way too much isolation. That's why I've really strayed away from liking the Jazz. I still picked him over the Mavs, mainly because, well, only because Luka, you know, his injury status was up in the air. I was going to take Mavs otherwise. Um, But I just wanted your take on that because I think he should be getting the ball, but Man, they just he he doesn't get touches, especially in the fourth. I never see him touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Well, there is the thing of I mean, I don't know if you've seen like the numbers of like Donovan Mitchell really does not pass him the ball that much ever. He um, doesn't. He's a he's a ball hog overall. Yeah. And I I think there's some type of rift between them. I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, that's broken up this yeah. offseason or whenever. Um so I think that's part of it. I mean, he isn't like like Gobert is not the type of player that you're gonna you want to give the ball to like give it to him and let him go to work. Like he's just not that type of player. So I can, I can understand from that perspective, but I still think there's gotta be more of, um, you know, picking rolls and getting in the ball yes. that way and lobbing and stuff like that. Like, you know, obviously he's not the type of isolation player or anything like that, or a, a post player, but he's someone who you can use in pick and rolls and stuff. Um, but again, my, and, and so yeah, in the fourth, I'm sure, you know, Don Mitchell is going to be more of an isolation player and, Rudy might not get as much as much the ball as much, but again, my reasoning mainly for having him in that third team is the impact he has defensively and what he does on the what he does for um, grabbing rebounds and stuff. Because again, if you look at I mean, any of those impact numbers and how they're affecting their team when they're on the court compared to when they're off, Gobert is just nuts. And again, I mean, even like looking at the numbers of uh, def- uh, opponents' field goal percentage when you know that player is their closest defender, Gobert is like one of the best if not the best in the league in terms of like making you know and it's compare like it, it compares okay like how does a guy normally shoot okay now how does he shoot when this guy's defending him and gobert is one of the league leaders in making guys shoot worse than they usually do so uh, you know he's going up against a lot of centers so like i think centers like the guys he's going against typically shoot like 50 percent, and against him they're shooting like 41 percent or 42 percent. so he's dipping them down a lot so um, again, that type of stuff, the impact is what makes me put him 13. But uh, like I said, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think that's more of a Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, a little rift issue. And them not just using them now they should be. Keep one trade one this off season. Who are you keeping? Who are you trading? Um, I, 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 I'm, I want to keep Gobert cause I don't think you can get a Gobert. I agree. As no, easy as you can get a Mitchell, like you can get guys who can get buckets. Um, I, I mean, it, overall, Mitchell's like the better player, but like impactful. And again, what who can you who can you go out and get to replace them? I'm, I'm I'd rather keep Colbert and get another bucket getter. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that does it for us. Um, go Bucks tomorrow. I'm expecting yeah. us to look a lot better. I'm expecting a, a much easier win, hopefully. I will be at the game. Brandon will obviously be at the nice. game as well. So, um, yeah, let's go. I think they're giving out white T-shirts. So, really, okay, that'll be that'll be electric. Then we got to get people to put those shirts on, though. If you're at the game, put your shirt on. The T's are back. All right, <laughs> Bucks, Bucks and four, but Bucks and six for the culture as always.